Hey everyone, welcome to Jojo's World. Good evening and salutations. It's a good day to be alive. It's a great day to be alive. I would dare say it is the hottest day we've experienced to be alive in a long time. It's hot in the Jojo's World studios, though it was hotter over the uh, New Year's Christmas break. Oh my god, I'm really glad we didn't record that. <laughs> Holy shit. That would have been a rough time. That would have been the worst possible circumstance. That would have been the worst possible podcast you or anyone has ever heard. <laughs> it would have been us for an hour going, okay, so what did we just watch? I'm so hot. Oh my god, it's warm. I'm Liam S. Smith, one of your co-hosts. And I'm Nick Valentine, the other one of the co-hosts. This is JoJo's World, our JoJo's Bizarre Adventure recap and discussion podcast, where today we are recapping and discussing the third episode of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, part six, Stone Ocean, The Visitor. Part one. <gasps> it can only be described as the best thing I've seen. It can only be described as the first episode of the The Visitor <laughs> arc. <laughs> so it covers chapters oh. 604 through 607 of the manga. That's average. That's average. Is that a prime number? 607. Sure. Uh, probably, actually, yeah. I suspect so. Ooh. Yeah. That's spooky. Right. Yeah. The spookiest number of them all, <laughs> 607. I'm trying to think of a spookier number, but I can't think of any. Nah. 666 is cooler. Yeah. And more edgy. We all got that tattooed on us. Oh, yeah. You know what I don't understand? Okay. Mm -hmm. Number facts with Nick. You know what I don't number get? Number theory. Right? Th no. Numerology. No, 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 not that. Well, maybe. So, 666, the number of the beast, as we all know, from Iron Maiden, right? 555 Interstellar Right Is the angel <laughs> Is right? the It's the Dark punk Yes Well no that's 5555 five, five. Oh, But it's four fives That's the wrong number of yeah. fives You want those three fives You know that's that real ooh, That's that mint five Um, But three fives is the angel's number What's that? So like instead of 666 Which is the devil's number And it's bad and evil and things And edgy 555 is like Oh what a lovely number It's all, it's all nice uh, and divisible this, this sounds like some dubious theology to me uh, Correct yes But like what about all the other ones Like 4444 four, four, four. Yeah what about three. all the other numbers Where do they come in Like come on <laughs> You got the holy trinity What about 333 three, three? Yeah. I've got nothing for 333. Three, three. Yeah, no one ever no does. No jokes. That's why. Speaking of no jokes. No jokes. Uh, this week's patron <laughs> is Cherry Cujo. Cherry Cujo. Chicka Cherry Cujo. Look, when original Cujo was taken out of production in favour of Cherry Cujo. That's not what happened with New Coke. You're getting it wrong. Uh, uh, when <laughs> Cherry Cujo fought atop... Mount Olympus for domination of all Coke people. When Kakyoine put Cherry Cujo in his mouth and went... Oh, la, la, la. Uh, uh, when, when Cherry Cujo decided it was time for a change and moved to the country, original Coke came along and was like, you can't leave me. Hang on, it's still Coke? Yeah. Sorry. When, when, original, when original Cujo... Came and fought her for... No, hang on. Wait, I can thread this needle. Jotaro Kujo. Jotaro Kujo Cherry was... Cherry to man. his friends. Yeah, Cherry to his buddies, right? A young man who... Cher Cher's Bizarre Adventure. <laughs> Cher Cher's? Yeah. Uh, Cher Cher. Monsieur Cherry. What if it's there pronounced was... Cherry. Say it right. <laughs> Cherry. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Cherry Kujo, for your support of the podcast. 
Yes, thank you. Yeah. We also have a supplementary shout out to our patron uh, of last episode, Double A Arcade. Arcade. Arcade, yep. Just a small correction uh, as they let us know that they use they, them pronouns. And ah. of course, you deduced incorrectly that they were either a boy or a girl last episode. Look, I was, I was wrong. I apologise. Or a she, I yeah. think you said. I apologise deeply. They, them. Fair enough. No joke. Like I've said, no jokes. Okay, <laughs> no jokes. It's a serious thing. <laughs> yeah, no jokes on this here podcast about JoJo's bizarre adventure. More like joke, joke, bizarre adventure. You stop that right now. <laughs> you stop that right now. We have never made that joke, and we never will. You can shut up. Okay. I want to share with you some words of wisdom from Hirohiko Araki. Is it that in time? In this, the second volume of Stone Ocean. <gasps> oh my God! It's that time again. It's that time. Here we go. You, you started reading it and immediately almost burst out laughing. So I know we're in for something deeply either problematic or insane. Workplace Nature Watch, part four. Yes! Oh, the best. Last year, I con- contracted gastritis. <laughs> what the fuck is gastritis? It's like a stomach illness, I think. What? Why does he just tell us these things? Like, this, is, this is Workplace Nature Watch, part four. <laughs> no, but like, so sometimes he just says these things. It's like, you know, if someone came to me and was wondering exactly what was happening in my life, they'd already know because I've just published it. It's Inflammation like, of the lining of the stomach. Oh, damn. Araki, get that checked out. I was told that it was caused by stress. At the time, I had heard the European saying... A house that grows tomatoes never gets ill. And I said, oh, really? In that case, I'll grow some myself. <laughs> what? Is that and a... so I decided to grow tomatoes with that in mind. I bought a flower pot, 2,300 yen, fertilizer and dirt, about 1,000 yen, and a stake, 200 yen. I planted three tomato seedlings, 140 yen, making for a total of 10,920 yen. No one knows how much dollars that is. (laughs) That's like 10 trillion dollars. If I harvest 10 tomatoes, how much would one of them yield? (laughs) Feels like like one of those, a train leaves a station. I don't know, like 70? (laughs) If I harvest 10 tomatoes, wait... What does that mean? Like, as in, uh, how much money would it yield? Ah, oh, like right. in the equivalent of if you bought that many tomatoes. I thought it was like if you if he harvested them and replanted the seeds, how many tomatoes would it turn into? Oh shit! Maybe he means that. Can you use tomato seeds to grow tomatoes? I assume, yeah, I mean, how else do you get tomatoes? Well, I assume they're dead because they've been like the fridge, or you've like taken too long to cut them open. Or... If I harvest ten tomatoes, yeah, how much would one of them yield? To be continued. No! They're always to be continued. No, they're not. Oh. (laughs) Some of them are to be continued. Nick, The Visitor, part one, in which our friend Jolene Cujo enters the dangerous world of prison lending. I, even as we were watching it, I was like, oh, Jolene, you're making a huge mistake, buddy. Rookie error. Anyone who's watched Orange is the New Black. Oz. Oz. Uh, the Wire, 
Um, I haven't watched any of those shows. Law and Order, um, particularly Criminal the Shawshank Intent. Redemption, Mind Hunter, uh, Midsummer Murders, Tiger King, Jonathan Creek, uh, 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 Death uh, in Paradise, uh, Dawson's Creek, Knives Out, One Tree Hill, The Last Jedi, um, Brick, uh, Star Trek Discovery, Star Trek The Last Generation, uh, Star Trek To The Wrath of Khan, known for having the Kobayashi, yep. Um, Jojo's Bizarre Adventure. Part six, Stone Ocean. What were you saying? Prison is fucked. Yeah. And I already knew that she was making a rookie error. By offering someone a dollar to yeah. continue their phone call. Because you know that any fictional representation of prison has to have that scene where it's like, hello, can you be generous to me? And then it goes... Real bad for them. You see, on your first day in prison, you want to walk up to the biggest person you can see and slug them right in the face. That's what they... That's what... The, that's... That's that's a, apparently a piece of commonly yeah. perceived wisdom, which I just think sounds like a terrible idea. <laughs> apparently there's a guy... This is a real thing. There's a guy who, in prison, supposedly, he will find the person that comes, like, you know, in on that day out of, like, ten people yep. and just shank him. Just, just to show that he's in control. Just literally like some scrawny dude who's like, I don't like the look of that one, I'll just shank him. And it's like, oh, good to hear that the jail system is under good reg. Mm, we love mm. to have reformative justice. Yeah, this is why this prison, the aquarium, Green, Green Dolphin, Dolphin Street. Street, is so visionary, adaptive, and positive. Because sometimes people can ask for money and you can give it to them. I feel bad for the biggest guy in the prison. Like, all the new people punch him on their first day. <laughs> they come in, they're like, where the fuck is Jerry? And he's, he's like, like, cowering behind his bed. <laughs> no. I already have I'm a gentle giant. <laughs> I'm like the guy from Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> or the Green Mile. Is that the one with the big man who spits out the flies? Couldn't tell you. Uh, it was one of them. I wanted to make a joke last episode, but I forgot about it. A rare planned ahead joke. <laughs> yes. Um, it about, better be worth it. About Gwess shrinking Jolene. And then Jolene being like, oh no, I'm so small and anyone could come and step on me. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, anyone could step on me. No, this is not my intended effect. Oh, put me in the rat costume. Don't put no. me in your mouth. <laughs> Oh no, please don't eat me. J Jolene, this is weird. I don't want to do this. No, I know. No one would ever want to do this. <laughs> oh no. Anyway, that's 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 the, the terrible new recurring segment jokes I thought of making. <laughs> Can we every single week it's like, Nick, last time I went to bed and thought of a great joke that <laughs> I never made at the time. So Jolene is thinking about her stand and explaining it to us that it Stone free. Mm. Um, it, it's a bundle of string. But when the strings bundle together, they form a person shape and get really hard, but can't go as far. Mm. A hard shell, if you will. About two meters, like all protagonist stands. Yeah. So I think it's like the further away it gets, the less damage it can do, unless it's bundled into that thing, and then it can reach two meters and just well, crush I mean, what? You know, if it's further away than that, it's just string. You know. Yeah, but string is only, deadly. Only so much you can do with string. You can't punch someone with a string. I, I mean, evidently. You can just slice that one guy's ear off. Yeah, that's true. How did she do... Anyway. The tension. Yeah. Ah, the tension. Like uh, when you get one of those one of those string things you use to cut cheese. String thing you used... To... Do you mean like the piano wire yeah. thing? Yeah. Yes. Like a garrote. 
Oh god, nothing I love more than a good garrote. So everyone's in the common area, and Jolene wants to call her mama. She looks pensive. And a blonde prisoner is like, hey, can you lend me some change? Because I haven't spoken to my family in a while. And uh, I'm about to run out. It's only a dollar, but I'll, it's, I've got, got I've got change up in my room. You just let me do now. I'll go get it to you. Liam, what did I say when Jolene handed over a dollar and quarters? Big mistake. Huge said. mistake. This is possibly one of the biggest mistakes she'll make all season. Mm-hmm. I'm calling it now. <laughs> Um, and then she gives it to her and then she goes to use a free phone and someone else pushes in front and Jolene's like, but I've been waiting. And the person is like, uh, you've got to reserve these a month in advance. And also I'm just standing here. So someone will buy the phone time from me. Yeah. She looks weirdly like a chef. Like she's got the hat. She might be the cafeteria worker from last episode. Yeah. He also has a brief cameo in the opening. Yeah. Yeah, maybe it's her. Yeah, because she's wearing the hat. See, she's wearing she's wearing that, uh, that little... Certainly no one would yeah. ever wear a hat. No. <laughs> Never. What the fuck is wrong with you? Liam, look around you in Australia. Is anyone in this country wearing hats? So Gwess is there. <gasps> that bastard. She's entirely subservient to Jolene now and Jolene does not want to be around her. And she's like, do not shrink me. There was this... Yeah. No, don't. <laughs> and Gress is like, okay, I won't. It's like, yes, the plans work. There's this little segment that was in the manga that didn't make the cut in the anime where um, Gwess is basically like, oh, you defeated me. Now I'll be your faithful servant forever. And Jolene's like, no, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, please don't. I don't want any of this. It's like, oh, I'll be around all day. It's like, please, no, please. So she's, she comes up and uh, is like, oh, big mistake giving that blondie some money, Jolene. Big mistake. Jolene's like, why? Why is it a mistake? Like, she'll give it back to it me when she goes back. It was just a dollar. Yeah, it's, it's like... It's never just a dollar, Jolene. You see that girl over there? She gave someone just a dollar. And now a prisoner's slapping her in the face and taking all her dollars. And when she runs out of money, you know what they do next? They take their they body... Eat her. It, oh, God. They take the body and the mind. Oh, my God. That's right. They eat you, and then they eat your consciousness. I someone eats my mind. <laughs> That's why the mind flayers in D&D are such a menace to everyone. I feel like that's probably a thing that happens to someone in Dune at some point. Does anyone get their mind eaten? Um, more like the opposite, where, um, spoilers for a 50-year-old book, but, like, one of the things that happens is Lady Jessica has a baby, right? Jessica. And she... (laughs) She... (laughs) She... The, she puts her mind into the baby? No, so she drinks the, the, wa- baby. the the water of life to replace the old mother reverend that the Fremen have. Okay. Right? But in the process of doing so, all the memory, like the genetic memories and stuff of the old mother reverend go into the new one. Which is the baby? Which is, or the, is maybe which or is, is Lady Jessica. Which is Lady Jessica and the baby. Oh my god. So, so the, they have the same mind? Pretty much. Like, and it's a thing later in the Dune series where uh, Paul's kids also genetically have the memories of everyone before them. Uh-huh. And so at one point, like, the daughter starts becoming um, their mother. And then they're like, oh. Oh, oh God, I've become my mother. Yeah. Say. So in uh, <laughs> in part two Dune that will come out hopefully in, like, either next year or the year after. Nick's crossing his fingers God, desperately. Please give me that, Dennis. Please. Um, the When they talk about, like, Looking where... The Dennis system. Yeah. Dune. <laughs> what is, uh, what's the E stand for? Uh, ends. Uh, N. Next. And then this Dennis only has one N, I believe, because it's Denis. 
uh, I, iteration, and S, someday. Yeah, 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 I hate it, but you know what? Um, so Shout out to Yakuza spin-off Judgment for having a quest about the Yagami system Ooh. for dating. Ooh. Is it good? It's you. Why is you are the real prize? <laughs> I'm putting my hand over my heart because I'm suddenly and so I can't touched. remember the rest, but it was all wholesome shit like that. Oh, fuck you. Yeah. Anyway, point being, later when Lady Jessica has the baby, when they talk about like, no woman is allowed to like try and become the Kwisatz Haderach, it's because if they do, they look where they can't. All the women get taken over by their genetic memories, whereas all the guys just die. Cool. Except for Paul, because he's the Kwisatz Haderach. Paul. Fucking Paul Atreides. Um, yeah. So then they turn to abominations. The whole well, thing. Well, he quits that. Had a rack seen that coming. Hey, you quit that. I, that's... I finished reading a book yesterday or a couple of days ago. <laughs> Congratulations. You. You're doing better than it me. It was 600 pages long. Good fucking God. How long did it take you to read that? Like eight months. Oh my God. A character turned himself into 10 pairs of sandals. <laughs> Ex- what fucking book? The Revisionaries by A.R. Moxon. So did he revise himself into footwear? He briefly obtained absolute cosmic power mm-hmm. uh, and then being disillusioned by the um, lack of any real god in the universe. Yeah. Um, he turned himself into ten pairs of sandals that his uh, disciples could all wear and he could speak to them all through them. I hate it, but I fucking love it. I'd do it. Is it a good book? Yeah, like the first quarter was a bit of a slog just because... Uh, like there's a lot of like different metafictional layers in it, mm. and the first quarter like it feels like a kind of pretty like trite but eccentric crime drama sort of thing. But then you realise that that is the story that someone else is writing within the story, uh, and things go from there. It's just like Dune, and I won't give too much away, but there are some very fun twists. Um, but sort of the inciting incident is like a villain of this story escapes it and switches places with the author. Ooh, that's fun. Yeah, nice. Anyway, Jolene is Jolene. making a huge mistake. Yeah, a huge mistake. Like, Gwes is just like, don't be a bitch, right? Don't yeah. be a little prison shit. Don't be shit. A, a prison bitch. Yeah, don't be the low bottom feeder fucking... Like her. Little, look, at, look at her over there. Tiny little purple hair flower braid. She is so unfortunately in the bottom. She's just getting extorted all the time. This is a distillation of capitalism, alright? Look, the blonde girl's already gone back up to her room and she's not coming back with your change. And Jolene, realising this, moves to the reading room. Time to... Yeah. Jolene, in the reading room with the cup of coffee. Ah, why hello there, I didn't see you. Today's book oh, is... Oh, I was doing Cluedo, but oh. I like, I like, I'm picking up what you're yeah. putting down. Today's book is Don't Be a Prison Bitch by so Jolene We Cujo. see some books in this next sequence, mm-hmm. and it appears that they've changed the titles from the manga for some reason. I assume... Copyright? I guess. Hmm. Um, That's interesting. So the blonde prisoner uh, was reading The Count of Monte Cristo in the in manga, the manga. Yeah. which they changed to Artemis's Angels, a reference to the book Apollo's Angels by Jennifer Homans. So what's The Count of Monte Carlo all about? Cristo. The Count of Monte Cristo all the about? The Count of a certain shortbread biscuit, yeah. the Monte Carlo. <laughs> I feel like that's not what the book is about, but I'd no, fucking the, read it. Uh, the Count of Monte Cristo, what is it? Like, there's this guy, um, and he hates this Count so much. <laughs> I swear, I, I tried to read this one. I kind of bounced off it. It's by Dumas, I think. The Three Musketeers go. Oh, shit. Is it like... Uh, is There's it... a guy who really wants revenge. And it's like his revenge story. Oh, okay. All right. So he hates this guy and he's all like, I'm going to get him. Does he get him? 
I assume. <laughs> no spoilers for the Count of Monte Cristo. Does he get him in the end? Yeah. France, Italy, and islands in the Mediterranean. Mm -hmm. uh, blah, blah, blah. Napoleon times. Edmond Dante, a 19-year-old Frenchman and first mate of the Pharaon, is falsely accused of treason, <gasps> arrested and imprisoned within tri without trial in Chateau d'If, <gasps> a grim fortress off Marseille. <gasps> Marseille? And things go from there. Oh, wow. The powerful and mysterious... Oh, as, as the powerful and mysterious Count of Monte Cristo... That's the name of the book! Yep. Yep. Dante arrives from the Orient to enter the fashionable Parisian world of the 1830s and avenge himself on the men who conspired to destroy him. The fashionable world of the 1830s. Yep. That sentence has aged like fine wine. <laughs> oh no. Okay, so they originally it was Count of Monte Cristo, revenge tale. Seems fitting. And then it, they changed it to a book, a, a parody or a, a pastiche on a book that I have not heard of by an author I haven't heard of. Mm. Um, and the other two prisoners, one of them was reading The Queen of Maladies, okay. which is um, also a reference to the book The Emperor of All Maladies by Siddhartha Mukherjee. Pardon my pronunciation. Oh my God, it really is Mukherjee. And the other is reading Finishing the Cat, a reference to Finishing the Hat by Stephen Sondheim. Oh. Rest in peace. I have no idea who that is. He's a most, most well-known as like a Broadway musical producer, ah, writer. Whatever. Right. Gotcha. Who's that uh, guy who wrote Phantom of the Opera? Andrew Lloyd Webber. Is he... As portrayed by Paul F. Tompkins on Comedy Bang Bang. Is he better or worse than that guy? Um, Andrew Lloyd Webber sucks. Okay. He just like... Like, he's a, he's a member of the House of Lords, so he's English aristocracy. Um, oh, and, didn't know that. But he doesn't live in the, UK, in the UK, but he will frequently fly back to vote in the House of Lords against, like, progressive legislation. I see. I understand now. That's where cats really comes from, is just keeping the lower feeding cats down. Yeah, sure. Famously, that's what that's about. Yeah. I'm just a cat. Didn't. I don't have anywhere to go. Didn't. Hey, rich man, yes, get away from me, poor cat, but I need a house, then fuck you. Then he goes back into meow, his, meow, meow. his big kennel. Do cats live in kennels? Sure. Yeah, goes back to his big kennel. Puts its spiky collar on, <laughs> chews a bone. And then the tiny little bottom feeder cat starts licking out of his, his dog bowl. Wait, no, hang on, his cat bowl. The cats are repressed. Yeah, yeah. Noble dog. So the blonde cats. prisoner. Is yeah, okay. Like... Anyway, this this fucking lady who'd stole a dollar off my girl. She, yep. She's going to get cut Jolene's up. Jolene's like, hey, I'm here for the money. You haven't forgotten, right? And she's like, no, no, I'll get it for you. Don't worry, I just don't have it on me right now. I was in my room, but I don't have it. And Jolene's like, well, you were just there. And then she gets really aggressive. Like, I'll give it back later. I'll let you know when I have it. Actually, lend me 10 more dollars. I've got some friends on the outside I can call and they'll give us even more money. And Jolene's Jolene like, getting suckered into a pyramid scheme. Yeah, Jolene's like, this feels like MLM. This feels like NFT. <laughs> Fuck me. <laughs> oh, I hate it so much. Hey, do you want to get on the blockchain? Do you want to get on cryptocurrency? A form of currency that is only valuable if we all buy into it? That uh, seems and fair. I just happen to already have some I'm looking to get rid of. Now, let's just say that we all buy some that I already own. That feels like a good thing to do. Jesus Christ. I hope someone steals all of your apes. Is that an NFT? Yeah. Is that that poem or, or something? It was like a poem that someone sold as an NFT oh. for like $3.6 billion. No, I don't think so. What I'm thinking of, it's like, but when they realised that 
legitimate good artists were not liking NFTs for mm. all the obvious reasons. Some people started doing like procedurally generated like apes and lions and shit. Uh, oh my god. Yeah. Which then people uh, also speculatively probably... purchased uh, and then their apes get stolen. Nice. I know that uh, I follow a guy who makes very cool AI art on Twitter and he has vocally been like, hey, NFT guys, fuck off. Nice. Like, um, but almost entirely because he's like, yeah, it's still art. Like I make AI generated art. So fuck you, NFT man. I'm not buying your NFTs because you own my art now. That doesn't work. So I just hate it. I just hate every element of mm -hmm. it. It makes me sad. If you're trying to sell this as an NFT. I've seen some long threads. You. Like, cause one of the, like in the gaming space, one of the things that they tried to grip oh. people on of NFTs, like you could buy a gun in one game. And then to put it into any other game because you would own the NFT of it. And then people, devs are like, yeah, but why would we put that gun in our game? Yeah. Like, it's just like, oh, you could own the Halo Infinite gun. It's like, great. But anyone could just play the game. Like, it doesn't make it. Did you see Ubisoft's, like... No, I saw the Square Enix one. So Square Enix's one was, I think, even worse. Yeah, with the, 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 the CEO was like, I understand some of our uh, consumers who, quote, play for fun might not get into this. Ugh. Ubisoft's was like, so we understand it's a challenging time to accept NFTs. But, you know, the gameplay benefits of blockchain-powered non-fungible tokens cannot be understated. Fungible or fungible? I think it's fungible, but oh, I'm not okay. sure. It could be fungible. What I hate is the word fun is in there. Yeah, they're not very good. fun to me. No, they're definitely more gubble. More like non-fun tokens. I wish it was non-gullible tokens because you, you... Wait, no, it is gullible. Oh, damn it. Jolene walks away mm -hmm. and she... She turns to a coin she had previously crushed with her stand dem to demonstrate that it couldn't break the bars of the prison. Uh, it can merely crush a coin. A tiny mere Into coin. dust. Into literal, like, tiny dust powder. And the dust drips down the string of Stone Free mm -hmm. into blonde prisoner's coffee. <gasps> a coffee. A coffee? Yeah. Hey, it's me, coffee, from Florida. The coin dust immediately gives blonde prisoner... Ominous, violent diarrhea. I would say it's more like gastritis, but you know. <laughs> she has got severely ominous katakana surrounding her. Her face turns into a fish head. She is a strong Junji Ito horror moment. And she goes to the bathroom like, hey, can you hurry up? But Jolene is in there reading a book on the toilet. What's the book she's reading? Um, I actually looked at that when we watched it and I will zoom in. It is Selected Stories. <laughs> Jolene is in there reading Selected Stories. Uh, and she's like, please. I know please you're in there, come in. on. I'll, I'll, I'll give you the dollar back. I'll give you five or even ten dollars. Jolene and in cruel irony is like, oh no, take all the time you want paying me back, please. Yeah. I'm just in here reading. And then when she's like, please, I'll pay you whatever you want. I'll pay you ten whole dollar reduce. immediately opens the door. And smashes her head yeah. in. Like, it's not even given much attention, but just like, there's just a brief burst of blood as the door hits her in the face as well. And she's like, sold to the highest bidder. Ten dollars. Thank you very much. I'll take that now. Thank you. And you may use it. And then she's walking away, going back to her cell, and she goes over to the bottom feeder girl. Oh, and she's also waving around the ten dollars oh, yeah. victorious. To show everyone, like, ha, I got my money back. I'm no one's bottom feeder. And also the fact that I have an invisible psychic power is probably pretty good. 
Yeah, I'm top badass bitch. Don't you dare call me bottom like, no bitch. No one's going to be victimising Jolene in prison because she's got an invisible, invincible power that she can just punch you with. But no one knows she has no, it. No, but if anyone tried... <laughs> they'd be like, wow, that guy's head just brushed itself in when they the, were around Jolene. The best defence is not being in a fight in the first place. Oh, so you purposefully go to prison. Yeah, like Jotaro did. Yeah. Um, the start of part three. Yeah, but wasn't that because he didn't understand what was going yeah. on? Yeah, I guess so. That's true. But then he got everything he wanted anyway. Yep, he got everything he wanted. He's got a beautiful wife, a beautiful daughter. He has no problems in his home or social life. He can travel the world and see all the fish he wants. <laughs> That's the one thing he enjoys in life. It's like, my daughter, my beautiful, sweet failure of a daughter. My wife who doesn't love me. My house, which is too big and I'm trapped into the mortgage because I can't repay it. And that sweet, sweet <laughs> manta ray swimming in the ocean without a care in the world. That's all I want to be. Jodoro oh my god, the ocean is transparent. Jotaro's wife is like, are you gay? And he's like, if I were gay, there'd be no problem. <laughs> what I have is a romantic abnormality. It's so horrific. It would damage society if it got out. What's it called? Um, well, I don't want to say it has a name. Nor that it doesn't have a name. But let's just say that if we were going to engage in it, you wouldn't you wouldn't see anything. I feel because like you're not picking up what I was putting down. Neither, I was no, doing I'm the not. Troy McClure fish fetish bit. Oh, I was doing, he uses his time stop powers to have sex. No, and then, that's no good. Oh, okay. All right. Never mind. So she she gives a word to the wise, to the uh, the other prisoner on her way out, being like, you know, if you go to the bathroom next, other people are about to need it real bad too. But getting your money back is up to you. I can only show you the path. It is up to you to walk it. Unnamed side character that we will never see again. <laughs> so when this happened, I was real like, ooh, that's not good advice. Yeah. Just like, a, I could help you and, you know, fix some problems that you have. Or you could just fix them yourself. Why don't you get good? Come on, you fucking scrub. Like, fucking just do it. And then... Weird shit. Jolene is leaving the reading room to go back to her cell and she's got her money and she pages the guard to open the door. But while she's waiting, a baseball rolls along and then there's a baseball boy. Who the fuck is this kid? He's a baseball boy. He's... Little 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 American baseball man. Mm. Hamburg hamburger sandwich. Hamburger sandwich. <laughs> the baseball. <laughs> He's... When I was a young man, I always dreamed of being a baseball. How come? Well, I was in prison, you see. <laughs> I just love in that brief moment of panic. You're like, shit, why do I enjoy baseball? So, so this, the this baseball kid, boy. Yeah, the he's baseball crouching boy. in the shadows, being like, tomorrow you'll have a visitor at noon. You mustn't go meet him. Or a tragedy more terrible than death will befall us all. Baseball. So he's wearing like full baseball uniform yeah. as well. He's got a mitt on. Like, he's got a mitt. He's got the white kind of... Uh, vertical yeah. striped. Go Nicks, am I right? Yeah. And he's Nick Ballantines. <laughs> I hate that. I hate that. Did you know when I lived in America, I tried out for the baseball team. Did you? Get on. I could have if I wanted to. <laughs> sure, yeah. And then and then I was like, they... No, I'm too cool for this. No, no, it was less I'm too cool and more that my dad was like, Oh, you could join the baseball team. And I was like, I don't wanna. Then we went to the tryouts and they were like, Do you wanna join? I was like, not really. And they're like, oh. Probably don't then. Why did you come to the trials? Like, oh, my dad was wanting me to join. He's like, oh, are you sure you don't want to join? I'm like, yeah, I like video games. I'm good playing baseball on my TV. Thank you. They're like, oh, 
All right, then we'll find someone else then. Well, that's an awkward exchange. It is. A, well, I didn't think it was awkward, but they certainly did. Anyway, so now this guard shows up. Yeah. And Jolene is distracted by having just seen a small child give her a cryptic message. Uh, <laughs> She's holding the bars, being like, but who are you, baseball And the guard boy? has been like, hey, didn't you hear me telling you to fucking stand by? Take your hands off the bars. And then immediately smashes her hands with his <gasps> truncheon. That's abuse of power. Yep. And then her hands are and off. And then hits her in the face when she's lying on the ground. Uh, and it's pretty graphic. It's pretty intense. Uh, meanwhile, a naked man is showering and he's blind and he's getting out of the shower and getting dressed. He's got very calipigian buttocks. Yeah, 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 yeah. And as that, he's getting yeah. changed, um, a tendler note falls out of his pocket and he effortlessly moves his shoe to catch it despite uh, being blind. Incredible. That's a good point. So this I guy, we should, that. we should yeah. describe this guy. He's got lots of tattoos. Yeah, he's got a shit ton of tattoos. I think on his back he had like a pentagram or something. It was like the world or something. Uh, Not the world, the world. Yeah, it's like a map of the world. Yeah, so it's like a big circle, map of the world, cryptic Australia down at the bottom. Cryptic reference to Dio's stand, perhaps. Ooh. He's also got one on his shoulder. Ooh, so he does. And it's all surrounded by like swirly, Swirls. kind of spirally mm. things. He's got long white hair. He's got cataracts in his eyes, he's so got they're sort all of like, blurred out. Sort of Egyptian eye paint tattoos on his face. Oh, like, um, what's his name with the Millennium Puzzle eye? Uh, Maximilian Pegasus, but cooler. Mm, no, like, kind of, Like yeah. Bakura, but in evil form? It's also just kind of like black drips of eyeliner oh, as well. Sad, sad, long-haired guy. And he's got a single braid at the front. Yep. Sweet, long, white hair. Dad comes by and is like, hey, there's a visitor coming at noon tomorrow. Wink, wink, not to see you in the next building. If you know what I mean. And the guy's like, great, thank you, here is a bribe. And then he's leaving and the guard says just the most most stilted line of dialogue ever, (laughs) which has got to have been an awkward localization, I'm sure, because why would it be like this? Yeah. Oh, by the way. You got it on backwards. Your pants, I mean. I mean, to be fair, sometimes when I'm saying things, I'll just be like, oh, the thing's gone. Your car, I mean. I just, like, you don't call pants it. You would say them. That's true. That's a good start. Also, you wouldn't separate the two sentences so weirdly, I guess. But I guess they had to make sense with the audio. Yeah. Yeah. You got it on backwards. Your pant. (laughs) Look, you got it on. Your shoe. But the other shoe also need be put on. It's the next day, I guess. Jolene is reminiscing over her broken fingers by she's looking a, at her broken she's fingers. She's got a nice little prison bento box. We, we're talking fried rice. <laughs> Why do they have fried <laughs> rice? We're talking soup. We're talking bread. We're talking milk and bananas. Oh, fuck. B-A-N-A-N-A-S. God, I want to gargle them so hard. <laughs> Imagine gargling all of that at once. That would be a living nightmare. That same guard comes by swinging some handcuffs on his fingers real casual-like and is like, hey, sorry for breaking your hand, but it was your fault. And she's like, yeah, whatever. What do you want? You've got a visitor today at noon. <gasps> is it my mama? I don't know. Come on. I don't know, you dumb bottom feeder. And she's like, hey, don't call me that. I'm a badass bitch. And the guy's all like, look, come with me. You're getting the visitation now. All right, here are the visitation rules. You stay there while I go get them signed in. Uh, 30 minutes, you're allowed to hold hands, but no kissing or undressing. No other languages. And if they bring you anything, you'll get it afterwards after we've vetted it. Mm. And Jolene just kind of stands there looking a bit silly. And the guard is like, yo. And then cigarette smoke draws her attention. And a small voice comes from the nearby ashtray. You mean the bin? 
Ashtray or bin, whatever. Oh, yeah, it's both. Yeah, okay. You know, one of those ashtray bins? You're like, yeah. you don't see them much anymore now that public smoking is yeah. on the outs. But yeah, yeah, I get you. Did you hear a few months or a month or so ago that um, New Zealand have outlawed, like they've said people who are under the age of 16 or whatever it is, whatever the age it was mm-hmm. now, will never be allowed to legally smoke? Yeah, I did hear about this. That's kind of nuts. Mm. But, like, I get it. Yeah, I don't see the appeal, personally. Yeah. Smoking. I understand why people do it, but uh, every single smoker I've ever talked to has also just been like, yeah, don't do it. It's just not worth it. It's like, oh, okie dokie. And the baseball boy's hand comes out of the bin and grabs Jolene's cuffed hands. It's like, no, you've got to go back to your room because a terrible fate awaits us. It is I, the ball boy, the prophet. The, the, I'm trying to make a Dune, like, reference where it's like, the Lazal Al Gaib or whatever it is. Couldn't tell you. Oh god, it's me, the Muad de Baseball Boy. <laughs> I got there. I'll take your word for it. Yeah. I. The only thing I know about Dune is the Sandworm and the Gomjabar. I hold it to. Have you? You obviously haven't seen it yet, but the. I think the word "yet" there is carrying a lot of <laughs> unnecessary weight. Oh, you'll watch it. <laughs> I just the way that um. In the new one, the way that she says, I hold your neck, the Gomjabar, is so, like, pretentiously beautiful. It's like some iambic pentameter. It's like, literally, like, it's like, put your hand in the box. Puts hand in the box and then, I hold your neck, the Gomjabar. Put your hand in here. Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> I fucking love it so much. Um, anyway, he's all like, hey, you're fucked. I told you not to come to the visitation. Well, I'm gonna go, okay, take this instead. It'll protect you. And then he disappears and the guard comes back and she looks in her hand and she's got a bone. Why a bone? These are bones, she says. <laughs> it looks like um, the bones for a very small manta ray. Yeah, or, like a tiny pelvis. Or a, 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 like a, a strange fallopian canal of an alien. Or a kabuto. Oh my god, it does look like a kabuto. If you take that to the prison lab, they... They can defossilize it and you get a rare Pokemon. God, I wish that we lived in the Pokemon Nick, I've been playing Yakuza 7 recently. Like a dragon. Yeah. Mm. No, no, no. You are like a dragon. Yeah. And that has uh, the Sujimon mechanic. What the fuck is Sujimon? So I assume that they're retrofitting it to a a Japanese word or contraction. Is this this the one from Yakuza 1 where no. it's the sexy ladies who are dressed up as insects. <laughs> no, no, that's uh, that's A, that's from Zero, I think. But but B, no, it's um it's the Pokédex equivalent for all the like the creeps you fight. Oh, that's weird. Okay. So you meet a guy, you meet this random like scarred looking guy in a lab coat yeah. and he's like, "Some people call me the Sujimon Sensei." Uh, and then he takes you back to his lab and you fight Three guys, one wearing red, one wearing blue, one wearing green. Of course, of course. And he wants you to fill out the Suji decks. Of all the creeps that you fight. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and yeah, as I say, I think it's they probably retrofitted this around an existing Japanese phrase or contraction, but they mm. justify it in English as being super jittery. Super jittery. Yeah, they're men that make you super jittery. <laughs> like, ugh, creeps. <laughs> <laughs> So is this, does this include people you just find that don't fight you or? No. Okay. All right. Just, oh, that guy's giving me the creeps. I'm going to punch him. That's pretty much it. Pretty much. Yeah. That's fucking amazing. Or, so like, cause it's, it's proper turn-based JRPG yeah. shit in this one. Can um, the Yakuza team do any wrong? Hmm. Probably, but it's going to be a long time before. I mean, I'm... you know, probably about once a game or once every other game. Like there's a, there's a bit that's pretty weird about like 
same-sex marriage. Or, like, uh, uh... Transphobia? Yeah, kind of transphobic, yeah. but it's like it's also like this is like I don't I, I don't know what to degree it's just like different cultural perceptions of yeah. of gender issues or yeah. not or just race in general. Sometimes you just oh, like, yeah, it's like oh yeah, oh, there's a weird caricature of a black guy. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a yeah. bit weird, but you know, Japan they're a bit fucking backwards, and I'm gonna say that on air. <laughs> Anyway, uh, so the guard takes her into the room and waiting for her with his back turned, just staring into the corner of the room for no reason. <laughs> Looking at his favourite colour, nothing, <laughs> is the unmistakable behatted figure of Jotaro Kujo. He's wearing snakeskin boots. He's wearing a long purple coat with a big star on the back of it and, and Jojo white... on the arms. Which are accentuated by a long white stripe that they line. He's got stars on his collar. He's got a purple hat and his hair is also purple as a result. And <laughs> that's an accurate... Yeah. <laughs> It, it all just blends. It really does just blend into it. And it's disturbing. And he's disturbing. like, Jolene, did you get the charm I told your mother to give you? Jolene, you haven't been calling me. Jolene, I know you're in prison, but the least you can do is call once a day. Yeah. Uh, and then we have a, an ad break, even though we're watching it on and Netflix. And it's flashback to when Jolene's 14 and she's uh, in trouble with the law for her previous like biker gang mm. affiliation. Assault, Grand Theft Auto. She's wearing like a one-piece swimsuit and leggings. Yeah, she's wearing a cami outfit from Street Fighter ah. mixed with what I assume cami would wear as pants over that outfit. And there's a big butterfly on, In, her, on her shoulder. The clavicle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's got Chun-Li buns. Oh, she do. And then uh, the rest of her hair is coming down flowingly. Yeah. And mum, in a rare on-screen appearance, is like, she's only 14, she'd never do these things on the phone with Jodoro being like, what do you mean you're still leaving on your marine biology trip? Your daughter's in trouble. What kind of father are you? And then a man in the same clothes as Jodoro approaches in an abstract spotlight and then it zooms in on him and he's just like some guy with like a very plain <laughs> face wearing the same clothes. As was the style at the time. Oh, I was God. wearing my purple great coat because that was what was in. <laughs> my favourite hat that blends into the back of my hair. Really trending. And then uh, Jolene is stuck in the spotlight feeling alone, mm. disenfranchised, and as though her father just doesn't mm. care. Back in the present, uh, in the interview room, mm -hmm. um, throughout this next sequence there's all these shots of this vent uh, and like increasing amounts of condensation on it. Lots of air. What does that mean, Nick? Is it symbolism or something more? It's impossible to say. Science has no answer. <laughs> so uh, Jodo is like, Jolene, are you listening to me? And she immediately cold cocks the guard to try and get put back in prison for bad behaviour. And she's like, I'd much prefer disciplinary action than talking to you, But she hits him man. too hard and knocks him out. And she's like, ah, shit. shit. My it, own strength. really backfired on me. I've been working out too much in prison. So Jodoro's like, listen, just just listen to me. You, you Allow me listen. to expose it. Okay, look, you know this whole, like, you're in prison deal? It wasn't Romeo behind it. It was a um, more sinister opponent. And Jolene's all like, I'm not listening to you yet. It's John Gallier. <gasps> John Gallier? Who, okay, who is this a reference to? This is a reference to John Galliano, the British Gibraltar fashion designer, the head designer of French fashion companies Givenchy, Christian Dior. <gasps> oh my God, that's a big name. His own label, John Galliano. Oh. Oh, yeah, so John, Galli John Gallier's plot is to send through the prison mail uh, system, send Jolene a cowbell that will turn her into a cow. <laughs> 
And then once she's a cow, she can be shrunk this down. This is the power of my stand. Dona, dona. <laughs> this is the power of my stand. Nah, nah, me. Yeah. Oh my god. So is he is he a big name in fashion? Seems that way. Hmm. If he works for Christian Dior, like as the head designer. Yeah, he must have been like a large lad. Huh. How interesting. He's got some awards under his belt. Um. Ah, here's the. I was I was going to say well, now let's scroll down to the scandals section of his Wikipedia page. <laughs> it's scandals, not controversy. It wasn't scandals or controversies. Instead, it was simply anti-Semitic outbursts. <laughs> a whole heading. So he's had enough that oh my uh, god of them subsequent legal action. Oh Jesus Christ. Does that say comeback? Yep. So he made the remarks and was like, oh, maybe I was in the wrong. Maybe fashion isn't about hate. Maybe it's about respecting each other's decisions and not fucking over <laughs> each other's religion. But the character of John Gallier, the blind man that we saw showering before. Hmm. It was weird when you say it like that. <laughs> He was very naked with Caprigian buttocks. Calipigian. Sorry, Calipigian buttocks. This man is imprisoned in the men's prison here, and he orchestrated your imprisonment to get to me, because I killed Dio. That's right, Jolene. This is about me, not you. And Jolene's all like, Dad, I'm in prison. Can you not make it all about you for once? And Jotaro's all like, No. No. <laughs> it's about me. I'm the main character of Jojo's Bizarre Adventure, parts three through six. <laughs> So this guy apparently was like a renowned sniper because he could hit things in very difficult circumstances. Yeah. And he arranged... And I, I literally was just like, well, yeah, because he's blind. <laughs> like, that's pretty fucking difficult. And he arranged for like a hitchhiker to be thrown in front of Romeo's car and hired the dodgy lawyer and blah, blah, blah. And that's why Jolene is inside prison to that's get right. to Jotaro yeah. by visitation. Why would he do that? Because I killed Dio. He was a bad man. And we are the Joestars and you are a Joestar. Mm. Due to his love for so Dio. what was that fucking line? The Joestar bloodline can be traced back hundreds of decades. It's just if like... Only, if only there was a word for thousands of years. Um, like, uh, like, uh, like, uh, okay. like, you had your chance. like a, 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 ten, a tentacade. And, when, and of course it can be traced back hundreds of decades, but really the interesting stuff only really starts in 1888. A mere centicade ago. When my great-great-grandfather or whatever, Jonathan Joestar, encountered a rude young boy who <laughs> came to his manor. The very same young boy that I killed in Cairo 20 years ago or whatever it was. He didn't like the way he played rugby, and my god did he play rugby. When are we going to get, like, a prehistoric Jojo if it goes back all of these hundreds of decades? A uh, Neanderthal Jojo. Jojo. <laughs> <laughs> That's where the name originated from. Um, so, basically, Jojo is like, you got to be careful, all right? This guy's after me, and because of that, he's after you. Yeah. He's going to fuck us up. But never forget, it's about me. I'm the prime target. We are endowed with the wonderful gift to move others, but this can create dregs. And Dre by that, I mean grudges. Yeah. It's been 20 years, uh, John Gallier's a fanatic, he wants to get revenge, blah, blah, blah. That's why he's got tattoos of the world on him. Uh, I'm going to get you out of prison. We will, out of this line, I'll get you out immediately. We will bypass the law. So, Jolene's like, what? I mean, no, no, I'm not having you help me, alright? I'm my own badass bitch. I ain't no bottom feeder, okay? I do what I want when I want. They briefly talk about stands. And uh, Jodo's like, has your stand awoken yet? And Jolene's like, oh, my stand? It's like, clearly it has. So what, you're here to save me because you love me? Whatever. 
I'm going now, back to prison. And Jotaro immediately is like, that's my daughter. But Jolene's got up and she's putting her hands on the, the barred window in the door to call for exit. Mm-hmm. And she realises her handcuffs aren't on anymore. So that's like one of a couple of inconsistencies happen here. So mm-hmm. there's that. Mm-hmm. And then Joel, jo- meanwhile, Jotaro on the other side of the room looks down at the guard's cigarette packet that fell out of his pocket. And it's like, the brand is different. How he noticed that, I'm amazed. But I guess when you're on the lookout for dying. And there's also, I don't know when this happened, uh, but there's also a stubbed lit cigarette smoking in the ashtray on the table. Hmm. Hmm. The brand is different. Jotaro notices all these details. The guard didn't flash. even approach the table. And then he's like, Jolene, get away from the door. And she gets shot and he stops time. But Jolene has already blocked the bullet with a stone free. Yeah. With a cunningly placed hand. Yeah. Very smooth. What happened? You just got shot. The fight has begun. This is a real bullet called a sniper premium. It's specific to rifles. Thanks, Jotaro. I'm glad that a bullet is a bullet. When you think about it, this confrontation is kind of a combination of the rat and the um, Gebs Ndul confrontations. Why is it Gebs Ndul? That's just what the name... Remember Iggy the Fool and Gebs Ndul? Yeah, but Gebs Ndul was the guy who was really, really, really far away, right? Yeah. And he just had the water. He was a blind water sniper guy. (laughs) Oh, yeah. He was blind. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, so it kind of is just that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really glad that he's fighting a, uh, instead of a rat sniper, it's now just a blind sniper. Who's just I, I a regular like, guy. I love how it takes them, a minute, takes them a minute to confirm that he's a stand user as well. Like, we could just be fighting a guy with a sniper rifle. We don't know. There's no way of knowing. It's deadly enough in its own right. Yeah. After Metal Gear Solid, we all know any sniper is a dangerous confrontation. That's why you've got yeah. to take the Dizapan. That's why you've got to wait an actual in-game week so that the guy dies of old age. Oh, Jesus. Um... So then Jotaro hugs the door. Is there blind bosses in Metal Gear Solid? How many blind bosses are there? I think there's at least two. Are there? I think Psycho Mantis is blind, isn't he? No, he's got psychic powers. Yeah, but he's blind. <laughs> I don't think he is. He's got um, a gas mask on. Yeah, blind. Um, obviously the old, uh, the, the, uh, the age? Is it? No, The not. end. The end. He's blind. No, he's not. He's a sniper. Yeah, but he's hella blind. He's yeah, very he's old. old. Yeah, and blind. And he can photosynthesize. Oh, so he heals. What about... Um, Liquid Snake is obviously blind. Yeah, Liquid Snake is blind in certain things. Revolver yeah. Ocelot. Oh, Miller was kind of blind for a while. That's what I'm thinking of. Oh, in only, five. In, only in one eye. Mm, he, took off both his, he took off his glasses and he had those weird milky over eyes, remember? Yeah. Yeah, he's and, not doing great. And then you're rescuing him at the start of the game and he's like, they did something to my eyes. I read a theory recently. Hmm. I don't know if I put much stock into it, but I read a theory that it was Ocelot who tortured him uh, and blinded hmm. him so that he wouldn't realise who it was. Oh, interesting. Very interesting. It's almost like all your heroes aren't heroes. Oh my God. Theme of the game. What? Revolver Ocelot's not a hero? The overarching villain of the franchise? Oh no. <laughs> anyway, they're at the door. The real villain is capitalism. Guns can be disassembled. He can stick it in cheese, shaving cream, a little box, and, like, a big salami stick. (laughs) Okay. Um, fair. And then uh, he can bribe the guards so they don't look at the items. And then he can assemble the rifle. And that's why we're in this fight. I'm going to forget this uh, between now and next episode uh, when we see the gun more. Okay. But uh, I've got a note here from the wiki. Mm Mm-hmm. 
John Galliere's rifle is inspired by a similar sniper rifle from the 1973 thriller, political thriller, The Day of the Jackal, which I feel like we've talked about on this podcast for some reason before. Hmm. Both having a characteristic long, thin silhouette with a simple stock, except John Galliere's is missing the scope because he's blind, so he doesn't need it. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. One less part he has to sneak into the prison. Yeah, that's actually kind of fucking awesome. <laughs> that's a nice detail, isn't it? I don't need eyes if I can shoot you anyway. Where we're going, we won't need eyes to see. But how will you shoot? That's my secret. I never I'm shoot. I always shoot. <laughs> I'm always shoot. <laughs> how do you have that many bullets? That's my secret. I always bullets. Stand bullets. Well, now you're just talking about whole horse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. Uh, Westworld series co-creator Jonathan Nolan to direct Amazon's Fallout TV show premiere. Here's what he had to say about... Fallout. Fallout is one of the greatest game series of all time. Each chapter of this insanely imaginative story has cost us countless hours we could have spent with family and friends. <laughs> so we're incredibly excited to partner with Todd Howard and the rest of the brilliant lunatics at Bethesda to bring this massive, subversive, and darkly funny universe to life with Amazon Studios. Yeah, that, they seem like they'll get the politics of the setting right. <sighs> Hate it. Hate it so much. Nick. Yes. There's a little floating thing. Floating It's like thing. a little, little origami spaceship with keys on it. Hey, that reminds me of my keys. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right. So it's got like four little paper bits. Yeah. And, and it's like floating out there. A bulb in the middle that looks like a peach that wants to eat you. And they're like, that's probably a stand. And <laughs> <laughs> Look, it might be, but we don't know for sure. <laughs> we need to figure out what it can do. Don't approach it. And then Jolene immediately shoots out a string at it. And it misses. And Jodo just goes, I said don't approach. <laughs> Can it see my thread? It dodged it. No, but it's reacting to something. And long story short, it's like reacting to the aerodynamics of movement. Ah, yes. The fucking, uh, th those equations, the, the, not the Euler ones, the ones that are like the fluid dynamics ones. There's like three of them. Navier-Stokes, the Navier-Stokes equations. Yes, I was born for this moment, Liam. I can thread the needle between an incredibly niche but commonly used mathematical set of equations that the Bureau of Meteorology uses and JoJo's that Bizarre Adventure. The Bureau Adventure. of Meteorology doesn't want you to know about. They never want anyone to know that you could predict exactly what they predict with the click of one button. I'm going to have to take your word on this. Don't. <laughs> so it's just basically floating in the yeah. air. And then it just falls to the ground. Yeah, and they're still like, we need to figure out how he's shooting us from the men's prison still. Hmm. And then the guard wakes up and is like, I'm so angry at you for hitting me. I'm going to come and hit you. Oh no, I'm getting shot through Jotaro. <gasps> Jotaro tries to like... Push shield? the guy away so yeah. he doesn't get hit. Or, or shield him or something. Yeah, or shield Jolene from getting hit by him. Yeah, I don't know why he didn't just catch the bullet like he did. Or just push him with his stand. Or anything like that. Yeah, just time stop and be like, yoink. Well, time stop takes a lot out of you, as we know. That is true. That is true. It's, is it? <laughs> uh, <laughs> we really don't know anything about the mechanics of that power. <laughs> All we know is it stops time and it's the same as Dio's. So the guy's like, I'm going to fucking get you. I'm going to fucking get you. Bam. Oh, no, I've been shot in the ears. In the head, potentially, but who knows? That's part of the ears. Yeah, and then is like, I've been oh, shot. I've been shot. Down I go. To be continued. Oh. Oh my god. Oh my god. So I joked that Jodoro... <laughs> I joked with you, it was like, what if Jodoro dies? And then you laughed in my well, face. Before we started the episode, you said, what if Jodoro comes back and then just dies immediately? <laughs> yeah, and now I'm just like, it. he's getting harmed, but he's not going to die, right? He's not he's gonna... just getting shot. Yeah, he's just getting shot. He's not going to die. Like we, they We've wouldn't... all been shot. Yeah. Have we? Um. So, Nick. Yes. 
That is me. Highlights and lowlights for this episode. My highlight is going to be the the reveal that the conspiracy is actually more of a conspiracy because it's not just... Because it was coming from within the prison. Yeah, it's like, oh my god, so let me get this right. They specifically made it so she would get framed by someone who was probably competent, not just this Romeo guy with rich parents. Holy shit. Holy shit. This is actually a compelling narrative. This is good stuff. Araki, go back. Go back to the fun times. But it's good stuff. Yeah. My highlight is... Those Calypian buttocks. (laughs) No, my highlight is probably... um, I really like the bit where she realises her handcuffs aren't on anymore. It's like, hang on. Something's afoot here. Yeah. And at first you're thinking, like, did Jotaro stop time and take the handcuffs off? Mm. Maybe, maybe not. And then Jotaro's like, that's the weird. cigarettes. Huh. Huh. Very observational. Lowlights. My lowlight is going to be poor bottom feeder girl getting slapped. <laughs> poor oh. bottom feeder girl. We hardly knew you. I know. And now you're dead because you tried to withhold the toilet from that <sighs> other prisoner. I know. And then, like, just Jolene be like, the only person that can help you is yourself. And it's like, oh, that's... Oh, no, that's not good. Yeah. Yeah. My low light is... Uh, tough call. It's a good app. Mm. It's a good app. I was saying part six might be my favourite so far. High praise. Mm. You've only seen three episodes of it. Okay, but just understand, the first scene is just being like, I'm embarrassed that the guards saw me getting off. The second episode involved someone being like, you're now my little prison rat. And then, like, beating her down, being like, I ain't no one's prison rat. It's like, oh, yes, yes. And then the third episode is a sniper who is blind shooting from across the prison. Oh, my low light is obviously, you got it on backwards. Your pants, I mean. Oh, Jesus. What kind of... Okay, but to be fair, that sentence structure makes me very happy. (laughs) Also, can we just say, the warden is still in the intro and he's still weird. Why? Gotta mention it every episode. Humans, they don't look like... He looks like a shark that just didn't get through graduations. They shoved him in a person. Well, Nick, Jolene and Jotaro are in a building in a room with no windows. They are. They are pinned down by an enemy sniper in a different building. (laughs) Who is blind. Who is a fanatical servant of Dio who is dead. What will happen next time on JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Part 6, Stone Ocean, in the episode entitled The Visitor, Part 2. Alright, well, Jotaro is obviously going to be like, I'll kill him. It's my fight. And then Jolene will step in and be like, no, no Dad. it's my prison. It's my prison. You're on it's my m- turf now. Yeah, exactly. It's going to be something like, Jotaro will bond with his daughter. Through the only medium they understand. Beating guys up. Yeah, combat with dudes that are just out of range for them to punch. <laughs> um... So, oh, let me think this through. So, basically, he's all the way... Here's my theory on how he's shooting them, right? He's all the way in the men's prison, but he is looking across the wall. Not looking. Touche. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Aiming. He is aiming across the wall, not through the wall, although through might be possible if there's a hole in the wall. Mm. Ooh. But then he'd only get one angle, which is a bit dumb. So, he might just be, like, aiming over the wall and maybe, like, just... Like, imagine if he's just standing there with this gun. It's just like, like, literally, like a... Nick is raising his hands above his head like he's holding a broom between them. And then he's just, like, pulling the the trigger with his left hand and just, like, aiming with his right over the wall. And what do you think that little stand dealie does? I reckon it senses movement in the air 
And then he goes, oh, I know where you are because I sensed the air movement. And then he aims based on the last position that, like, it sensed the movement from. Right. So that's why if anyone moves, then uh, he can shoot them and be like, yep, that was a guy. But if they're just walking... Which, of course, isn't movement and doesn't move the air. Yeah, definitely not. Um, then that's okay because it's not enough, I sure. would say. Maybe. And certainly the other hundreds of prisoners in the prison aren't causing any background noise. Well, there's no one there. They've all been shot. <laughs> it's just a matter of attrition at that point. Um, so... In order and to... how will they get him? Hmm. So we've already tried with Stone Free, but... I mean, the obvious thing to do would be smash open the door with Star Platinum and then time stop, grab the stand. Oh, yeah. And then crush it or something. Um, or smash the door off its hinges and use the door as a shield. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah, <laughs> Possibly, yeah. Uh, or Jolene just starts, like, throwing Throwing. the string and just being like I can't make a a web to catch the guy yeah like if it's like oh we know he came from that direction she can start like feeling around being like oh there's a hole through this like wall and then there's a thing through this wall which means he must be over there or Ah. something you know so she can test angles and be like he's coming from that way let's get him yeah and then they'll both I reckon they'll both aura aura him but oh and it's like a bonding moment exactly and then they'll look at each other and be all like I still hate you dad it's like that's fine you're still my daughter. I'm in prison now too. And then they're both in prison. <laughs> what What if Jotaro's like, sorry, I tried to bust out my daughter. Shouldn't have done that. I'll turn myself in. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Well, Nick, before we wrap it up, I've got another round of correct prediction results <gasps> for you. Yes. We're up to the Castlevania episodes. Here we go. So they say they only watched it once. They might have missed a couple, but okay. well, whatever. Why are they watching it more than once? In episode C5, Nick said that in part 6 there would be a power-up similar to the Requiem Arrow and that would only happen once and never again. Ooh, ominous. In episode C8, Liam said that Trevor and Cypher would meet a Dracula cult. Oh yeah. In episode C9, Liam said Lenore is going to be the most messed up of all the Styria <laughs> sisters. He also said that Saint-Germain would be cryptic and annoy Trevor and Cypher and later come to their aid. Ah. Uh. Classic. In episode C10, Liam said Lenore is going to try to soften up Hector. Liam also jokingly said that Alucard and the siblings will have a threesome. Liam also (laughs) said that Isaac's subplot will have him gain an army. Oh my god. And in episode C11, Nick said that the siblings will betray Alucard and Alucard starts becoming his father. Liam said Isaac will fight a boss and Nick said that he will gain an army and use it to strike Carmella and her army. There you go. Castlevania. We were on the fucking money. Yeah. And then next time, we'll briefly do the one Barkano prediction and then make a start on the Utena prediction. Oh, God. I can only assume some of them are like, he correctly predicted this fucked up thing would happen. Yeah. Because he made that joke. He predicted, he, he made a joke about incest. That was a correct <laughs> prediction. And boy, oh boy, do we regret everything. <laughs> Good show. Oh, solid. I rewatched um, the... Uh, my ball clip the other day from Nanami's egg. Oh, what was that? So she's running along and she bumps into Jury and, uh... Oh, yeah! You almost made me drop my ball. Your, Your ball. ball? My yeah. ball. And then she thinks it's a bowling ball? It is a bowling ball. She thinks it's an egg. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> God damn. Why did I think that she thought it was a bowling ball but instead was an egg? <laughs> well, I mean, Nanami was carrying around an egg for much of that episode. That's true. Did we ever get any confirmation on where that egg came from? Um, Choo Choo was in it. 
<laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. Sure. Uh. Oh yeah. 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 Oh no, it's Jury. I just know she'll start making fun of me because I'm only starting to lay eggs now. Oh my god. It's not even like thinly veiled, is it? <laughs> Oh, okay, beautiful. and in conclusion, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure will be concluded next time, but until then, to be continued. <laughs>